Welcome to Humanity Evolve with your host, Catherine Colarco. This program will bring your life, family, and community together by focusing on the new technologies and innovations that define your world in an open and relaxed forum of ideas and discussion. Now, here is Catherine Colarco. Welcome. This is Catherine Calarco on Humanity Evolve. And today, this show is about how we can connect as a human as a human race. How can we create communities of love and how can we manifest our great gift to this world? This show is dedicated to providing you wisdom from experts and luminaries and dedicated people worldwide. And the idea is to share and nurture what is best in all of us. And what's best in all of us is what you truly know about who you are. And today's show is going to talk about the intersection between spirituality and technology and how we are able to create a connected community based on love. And that's the idea. The idea is how can we create from love? And my guest today is Father Ryan Hulke. And Ryan is is an amazing guy. He is my cousin, which is it's phenomenal. And uh, he has his own personal journey. And he is residing in Brazil. He's working in the jungles of the Brazil, just outside of Sao Paulo, in a very populated area. He was telling me the other day that his he is based in one of the world's largest cities. And he, and he went to Mexico City and thought it was comfortable because <laughs> it seemed to be smaller than where he was from. So he was talking about how he's you know, dedicated his life to exploring the, his purpose. And, and he, because he's in Brazil, it, there are, and he's in the jungles, and he has a challenge getting connected today. So I'm going to, uh, we're working on getting him into the show so he can talk with us live. In the meantime, I'm going to work my hardest to explain his story and to convey his message and really connect you with what's happening with amazing people around the world and that this is this is the the evolution of humanity is not only about technology it's also about how we deploy technology and how we enable our communities to thrive and ways that people that don't get recognized or you may not hear about are making that happen. And so, you know, Ryan, and, and I'm going to tell his story, which is really amazing. So he he grew up in Dana Point and in California, and he's uh, the son of my cousin, Debbie. And he's always been, a, I mean, I think all of us are special, but he had, he's a, become a father of the Colby, Colby Missionary of the Immaculata, which means that he belongs to an institute of consecrated life. And as a consecrated person, he lives out the vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience. And this, he, he in 2004, he traveled to Brazil as a volunteer for six months. He really wanted to embody the, the a mission, to become part of the world and give back and help a community and 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 go on the personal journey and and also to surf and he thought there was an island and it's a funny story he told me he says i'm going to this island and he thought in brazil and he thought there would be surfing nearby but there's nothing is it's very flat calm water um so he he's volunteered for six months um 
And, oh, my gosh, he's online. Yay. So at the break, we're going to have him join. And if uh, we can do that earlier, let's go ahead and make that happen. So um, so in he traveled to Brazil as a volunteer for six months. And in that time, he learned about St. Maximilian Kolbe and the militia of the Immaculata. And I want him to tell the story of this. Because Maximilian Kolbe, you might or might not know about him. And he truly embodied the ability to experience joy and love and live your purpose no matter what is happening around here. And and so as he learned about that in those six months, he felt that Jesus was calling him and he could not but say yes. So he actually felt this, this inner voice. And what's super amazing about it is that a few years when he was going through the, the training, I sat down and asked him about this, you know, and I asked, so why now? Why this calling? What, what, what has created this for you? And he said something so profound. And I said, and you can almost feel it. It was almost like he wanted to be the embodiment of love. He wanted to create love around him. And, and it was a calling to be part of that and to really and, and demonstrate that and demonstrate the the ability for that to happen. And and it was such a truth. There is such a truth in his voice and such a truth in the way he said it that you knew that there was a that there was a higher sense that he was allowing himself to move into to create that state of grace within himself and enable others to actually live that light and be that spirit. And you might not be religious or spiritual or you might not be in a path, but I think everyone feels when things are good, when people are doing the right thing, when when there is an honesty and an integrity about an individual or about their work. And I, I, I think that what he's doing is almost like social work. And how he chose that was really by dedicating and to building up this civilization of love and seeking to love and to serve each person who comes into his life and letting himself be transformed formed by Mother Mary day by day so that he may have be more and more like her son Jesus. You know, and that and he says and he asks us all, what about you? Have you ever felt that God or the higher purpose has called you to something? Has it actually engaged you to say, this is why you're here? And it could be something very small. It could be something very big. But it is really important to each of us. And, I, and, I, and that is truly what this is about. This is about um, creating a life of purpose and actually embodying that into its full extent and even if it means personal suffering or dealing with very difficult situations it is it is what is possible so uh aaron if we do have ryan on board feel free to uh introduce or or uh, have him join the call in 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 his journey um he he started working with so I'll continue on, and we'll still work on this. We are going to have him tell the story, and and he. So he was. He talks about his journey and how he actually went down to Brazil. And I remember because I was in New Zealand most of this time, and I was start. I moved back to um, the U.S. and um, and he 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 went away 
in one person and came back another. And as he came back uh, to us, he told the stories of what he saw and and his champ, the friends that are championing him. I mean, I, I don't speak Portuguese and I can't understand exactly what's happening. But when I watch the videos that are created on YouTube or when I look at the information that's shared on Facebook, you can see what they're trying, what is happening. You know, the, the, the ability to create music and, and community and the ability to work with young women. He's working with a couple of, uh, of nonprofits and also with the, um, the organization, the ColbyMission.org. And with an, a nonprofit, an NGO called ecodan.com.br, they're doing something around planting and this sort of this tiny plants. And the idea is to work within the community. And he's, his parish is separated by uh, sort of two areas with a large, beautiful forest in the middle of it. And there's uh, the local uh, native population, and then there's uh, the city dwellers, and there's a very poor area. And I'm sure you're familiar with some of the, the poor regions of Sao Paulo. And in, in, in that aspect, he works a lot with uh, young women and, and really helping them to uh, come to understand how valuable they are and to help coach them through life. And I'm going to allow him to tell a few of the stories if he can and, and, uh, and be able to uh, – he also enables them to create economic development. So what can you do in that local area to really improve their lives and, and increase their economic well-being? Well, there's a a lot of information available and a lot of people that are here to help. And ecoden.com.br is about enabling sustainable agriculture. So how can you how can you create just tiny gardens, tiny plants in the, and that help you to sustain and eat eat better, sell the vegetables and fruit uh, to flowers, just all the different plants, and to really help restore the forest and create um, a living life, life cycle around it. And, and also to enable the, uh, the community itself to, to thrive. Um, and, and so uh, the, the essence of that is, is to just share our knowledge. So this is global knowledge making a huge impact in a very small part of the world. And and part of that is is about people like uh, Ryan and others that are working to be at that intersection, that are getting, rolling up their sleeves and getting involved in helping humanity. And I, he has endured quite a lot of suffering in making this happen. Things that you see, the extreme violence, the extreme poverty, almost the cruelty, um, the sadness, the the challenges that seem overwhelming, and the never-ending requests of your time and your and your energy, and and really just to say, no, this is why I'm here. This is the joy that I need to share with the world, and this is the care that I need to connect with this person. And so he talks about relationships and how important these relationships are. So in doing this work with the NGO and doing the work with the with the women's the women uh, and the girls is is really about how do you take the global knowledge and your own gift and connect it to what really works. And what really works is, is moving from that state of love. So feeling the love, feeling the compassion for that other person and being able to create joy in the midst of, of tr- struggle and strife. And, um, and, uh, and so that is, is part of his 
the work that he's doing. And I really want you to be involved in this. You know, we, there are so much ways that we can create impact globally through individuals and organizations such as colbymission.org and it's spelled k-o-l-b-e-m-i-s-s-i-o-n.org go there and find out what's happening and how you can support what's what good people are doing around the world to help bring more love um and so the the next piece of this is really about you know ecodan i'll give you the website for that it's also ecodan.org com.br and ryan would want to share with you because he loves he loves to be able to connect with you as uh uh with individuals and share the stories and he has such a good way of telling you that i i'm sorry that we're not able to bring him to you sooner he's still having challenges with his computer and being able to connect to the audio um uh, and I'm going to tell him to try the, the speakers. <laughs> so, and we might actually be able to do this uh, by text as well. <laughs> um, and he can share. Do uh, we? He can share some of the stories. So, part of the uh, the opportunity here is that uh, we, as individuals, have a lot of knowledge about how we c- things can be sustainably done, how to help women worldwide, and also there are organizations that are worldwide that can actually managing it for you. And so, what I'm going to encourage you to do is basically take take a moment today, go to your heart, just right now. Right now, I want everybody to just sort of. Take a big, deep breath breath, and go to your heart and just breathe nice, slow, deep breaths and feel love. Just feel that. Just feel, imagine a beautiful sky, the face of a loved one. And from that, I want you to write down one thing, just one small thing that helps your light of love be shared with others. Just just write it down. And, And I want you to think about people like Ryan, like Father Colby, St. Maximilian Colby and organizations around the world that are doing these kinds of things. And how can you embody that? How can you take a moment to really create from that state of love? How can you do that? What is one thing that you can do? Maybe you smile more. (laughs) Maybe it's as simple as that. Maybe it's hugging someone when you weren't sure you could, and then you decide to give it, give Ask for permission. Hey, it looks, can I give you a hug? <laughs> you know, and you'd be surprised how many people will really appreciate that. And, and also think about opportunities where you can take a moment and help someone else, mentor someone, um, provide funding for things that make a difference. And really, how can you create from love? And I want you to think about that through the break because we're going to come back afterwards and we're going to talk about creating from love and what that means for each of us and how you can do it no matter what is going on in your life. This is Catherine Calarco on Humanity Evolved with the guest, Father Ryan Holke. We're going to be back after the break. Please stay with us and join us for the stories and sharing how to create from love. Thank you. Be back soon. Dog bark. 
parking, or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. This is Humanity Evolve with Catherine Calarco. To reach our show today, please call in to 1-866-613-1612. Again, that's 1-866-613-1612. Or you may send an email to info at ccalarco.com. Now, back to Humanity Evolve. Welcome back. This is Catherine Calarco from Humanity Evolve, and we have R- Father Ryan on the phone. We've connected the jungle with Lost Silicon Valley, so <laughs> we've been able to make this happen. And I, I told the guys during the break, I said, "There's so much love that it was it was overpowering the airwaves." <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm so excited, Ryan. So please tell us, kind of, we just before the break, we were talking about how to create from love. And I, I'd like to you to tell your story of what that means for you and, and the journey of, you know, the, the inspiration that Father Colby is to you and, and how that brought to you to where you are today. Okay. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to start. I was listening to your very first program, Captain, and remembering how sometimes those experiences that we have during our life. Yeah. Uh, totally shape what we choose to do afterwards. And I was remembering when I was really little, uh, I lived in Oceanside in California. Yeah. And we had uh, neighbors from all over the place. And one of my neighbors was Iraqi. And it was during the Desert Storm War. And I remember one day in front of the house, these bigger kids came and they pantsed him and held him upside down in front of everybody. All the other kids laughed at him. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, how could anybody do that? Right. And feeling that, um, you know, feeling like that was such a a horrible, horrible thing to happen. And that whatever I was going to do with my life, I wanted to to be the opposite of that. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. And you are. (laughs) So, uh, fast forwarding to high school. Yeah. I had done different volunteer work. Uh, I'd gone to Mexico to build houses, and I was uh, 17 years old, just got out of high school, and I wanted to do something uh, for about a year or so that uh, that would allow me to be with the poor, but where I would also be able to go to church. And finally, I found this group that told me about uh, a young men's group in Brazil. And I was like, okay, uh, Brazil, that's kind of different. <laughs> I had never thought about going to Brazil. <laughs> right. But they told me that they worked on an island with these uh, poor kids. I was like, oh, my gosh. Well, an island? There's probably, like, island breaks, and I'm a surfer, and I was all <laughs> pumped up about it. Well, when I got down, uh, I realized that it wasn't, a, like, a youth group or a volunteer group, but there was actually um, a men's order with young men uh, studying for the priesthood. Right. Like, oh, 
and the the island was actually a peninsula in the middle of a big reservoir, so no waves. <laughs> <laughs> and they uh, they told the last thing that the, the the woman the missionary woman told me when I went down to Brazil. She goes, "I think you're really gonna like to learn about Maximilian Colby." Right. I was like, "Yeah, whatever." <laughs> but <laughs> while I was here, my first time I got down, I didn't speak one uh, word of Portuguese. I didn't, wow. uh, was totally uh, uninformed. But in my time here, within the first month, I was sent up to the northeast of the country, which is probably the, the poorest area of Brazil, right. uh, Brazilian northeast, in the yeah. state of Alagoas. And there I actually got really sick. Mm. I came down with like hepatitis or something really. I actually never even figured out what it was because all my exams I did with the dictionary. Right. So. <laughs> I was in the you didn't, you didn't have WebMD or you know Kaiser nearby. No. <laughs> so the uh, I was sentenced, so to speak, to about two months in bed. You know, yeah. I wasn't allowed to do exercise. I've always been a really active person. Right. So it was terrible, and all I could do was read. Yeah. And pray, and just kind of hang out. Right. So I started reading the story of Saint Maximilian Kolbe, and he was born in Poland. Uh, in 1894, yeah, lived through the First World War, and he was the first um, person in the Catholic world to really work with media. Uh, oh, interesting, in, yeah. In his time, um, radio was just coming out, and uh, a lot of resistance by the part of religious groups, not only Catholics, but others, with all the technological advancements. So they thought that uh, maybe radio was like this demonic manifestation but he would always say that no, it was something that we could use to do to do good for the world. Right. We could exactly. use this new this new technology. We could use these uh, these new means of communication. Right. To do something good, do something important. Absolutely. Well, he grew so much that by the 1939, his new daily newspaper in Poland, which had just become a country, uh, most people are uh, are don't have reading or writing. He had one million, uh, we call that signatures, or uh, one million people were receiving his newspaper. Wow. Besides his radio station and the magazines that he produced. So when the Nazis invaded Poland, he was up on top of the list yeah. for, uh, as part of the intellectual. Right. There was a, a strategia for the Nazis to imprison anybody who was a university professor or who had uh, politicians, people with a little bit more influence in, in the public sphere to really uh, uh, destroy the nation wherever they were. So right. that was, uh, he was he was part of that. And it's what struck me so much was that here's this guy who he had actually, he had gone to Japan, he had been in India, he uh, studied in, in Italy, and somebody just so passionate about uh, using communication to, to impact positively. You know, a very much an entrepreneur. He would visit uh, industrial parks and was up on all of the newest uh, ways of administration. And then all of a sudden, he lost everything. Right. And he was sent to a concentration camp. And as he's leaving, he turns to the fires and he goes... Don't be sad because our mission is not over. We're just changing camps. Huh. 
And he took on the concentration camp as if it were another mission. And right. I think that's what's so beautiful is how can you find a meaning for your life that's so broad that you can live it anywhere? Right. And I felt like, you know, that's what I want. Yeah. And I heard you talking about um, the the consecration to Our Lady that he would, uh, they would tell everybody about. Him. That was right. his, the way he lived his life. And I was... Uh, this this weekend, I was actually talking to my parishioners about that. Yeah. Because I had a, a very interesting experience. About two thirty in the morning on Sunday, we uh, we were woken up with gunshots and bombs going off. Jeez. Because right right beside our behind our house, there's this. Um, it's it's like a young person's gathering, but they uh, it's called funk, which is a, a type of dance in Brazil. Right. It's all, always like a lot of drugs and prostitution and things like that. So it's a uh, clandestine. So this clandestine kind of like rave was going on behind our house. And all of a sudden the, the shock troop shows up and mm. starts shooting off. Um, it's called uh, rubber bullets and uh, tear gas. Smoke, and yeah, tear gas. Yeah. People are uh, cursing. and It was just a big, huge mess. And when I woke up, I saw those first rays of light, and I was like, oh, my gosh, it's day. I'm so glad. <laughs> <laughs> and I, f- I feel like that's, uh, that's our mission. You know, that's, right. um, that's what it's all about. We're, we're not the fullness of light right. because no one person can be. Right. But I feel like our mission is so that when somebody sees us, they know that the night of indifference of evil, of hatred, is coming to an end. Right. And that's what the consecration to Our Lady is all about. You know, Father Colby saw this woman who, in history, said yes to God. Right. And uh, I know that not everybody believes in God. And I, I'm not, uh, I don't want to get preached or anything. Because <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to convince anybody of anything. Right. Yeah. But uh, just just share with you um, this, this beautiful meaning that we can give to our lives in the sense of we can be that that ray of light right. you know, that tells people that the world is not a horrible place right that it's not all about hatred and that um are sometimes we think that it's easier to to fall down than to get back up but right. if we think that our, our natural place is love and not evil then we flip the whole thing around wow that's so profound our natural place is love, is goodness, is is joy, is peace. That's our natural place. So you can you you. It's not like you. It's easier to go down. It's easier to be that. That's your natural state. I, I love that. And and it, in in terms of being that the night the the dark night is not always happening. There's a ray of sunlight. Can you tell a story of of how Father uh, Colby passed? Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's such an so, amazing, you know, such an amazing right. man, right? So, so it's, yeah. yeah, so what's what's so beautiful is that um, a lot of times when I talk to people and they yeah. talk about the situations that go on in the world, you right. know, hunger and poverty and violence, and there's a lot of anger about that. You know, I can't believe that that's happening. You know, where yeah. where is God if there's all these terrible things, all these terrible things happening? Right. And I think that when... When we're in the trenches, what we realize is that God is always there, mm. and He gets there through us. So, a little bit about Maximilian Kolbe in uh, the concentration camp. 
He gets there in uh, 1941, in the beginning of the year, it was about springtime, and he was set for forced labor, and he was specially picked out uh, to suffer and to be humiliated because it was written on his, uh, everybody knew that he was a priest, and when he right. entered into the camp, and then he had, he had the little triangle of political prisoner, yeah. but nonetheless, uh, word had kind of spread around that he was a priest. So he was really singled out, but in everything that he suffered, he would tell the other prisoners that uh, it was no use to hate the, the Nazis, that it, that was not the path, that they had to forgive them. And mm-hmm. he, he himself would forgive them. He, he loved everybody there, even the people who were doing horrible things. So one day uh, in August, a prisoner escaped, and the... The deal at that time was that if one prisoner escaped, ten had to die in their place. Mm. So they pretty much stayed in prayed rest for almost a whole day. You know, people died just uh, waiting for the search to, to end for this one prisoner who had escaped. And then after about you know thirty six hours of being out in the in the sun, yeah, uh, and they passed the whole night out there. Ten people were chosen. One of these men was his name was Francis. Yeah, and he was uh, an ex uh, World War One vet, mm-hmm. and he started crying and saying that he had a family and that he didn't want to die. Right, he had a wife and children, and Maximilian Kolbe did something that was completely un- unthinkable. Uh, right, he he left lines which, if you move, there were you know there's guard turrets. Uh, to this day, you can see what it's like in Auschwitz. Uh, right. It's, to open for visitation. I've been there twice. Yeah. And there were dogs, you know, they could set the dogs on you. Well, he he left the the ranks and he asked to switch places with that. Wow. So he switched places with the with the the other the other man who'd been selected who was the World War One vet. Right. Yeah. Who was uh, an army official. The family. Yeah, right. And he went down with the other nine into uh, this underground bunker and each each cell in this underground bunker is a different was a different type of torture for death. Right. So one of the cell was um, it was so narrow that you couldn't sit down. They would pack it full of people. There's yeah. another one that's uh, too short, so you can't stand up. Right. And uh, the one that he was in, there were ten of them who were sentenced to die of hunger and thirst. Oh man! So you can imagine yeah. going down into this place. It was just uh, screams and curses and uh despair right and down in this bunk in this underground bunk in this little cell he starts to pray with people right and he starts to talk to them and comfort them and help them to to have peace and to to make the choice of forgiveness and little by little he starts singing with them and you can imagine wow. singing inside a concentration <laughs> camp and the, the most amazing thing is that the shooting wall is right, like in the corridor where the window was, where there was um, there was this torture that they would do where they would hang the person up by their arms and leave them kind of dangling there for hours and hours and hours. So anybody who was taken to that specific um, little alleyway to be or tortured or killed would have heard him in those right. days praying, and he's he was there for. Uh, um, a little over a week huh. uh, 
without dying. And then finally, right. him and uh, two other prisoners were assassinated with an injection of acid. So when I heard that, I was like, oh my gosh, how could anybody feel free? Free yeah. enough to, to love in a situation that was so dire. Right. And I was like, I don't, I don't really understand the whole thing, but that's what I want. I oh. want to get to that place in my life. Right. And so the, and when you're talking about Father Colby in that moment, one of the things I remember about the story was he was, he he kept the joy of and the spirits of people high, regardless of what was happening, and that he sustained life longer than anyone else because of because of that. So there was this 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 sense of the fact that this the love was conquering this despair at the moment, and uh, and 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 so you wanted to embody that sense of being able to no matter what's going on for you what's going on around you to actually embody that and and to affect the people around you and and uh, and make that difference is that kind of what you're that was the the choice yeah. the, the the spark that occurred yeah you know last time i was in auschwitz was uh, august the pope went to, pope francis went to uh krakow and to poland for world youth day it's a an international yeah. youth meeting which happened in um in late July of last year. Right. Oh, you know what, Ryan? We're going to we're going to have to go to break. I've just got notice from so everyone stay tuned for the rest of that story because I think it's so profound the impact that is created d- decades later and how the, the embodiment of being able to live this whole having that that much ability, that's much inner strength to c- create and, and and be the embodiment of love, how you can do that no matter what. So this is Catherine Calarco on Humanity Evolve. Please stay tuned. Come back after the break with Father Ryan. We'll be we'll be back. See you soon. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time.
This is Humanity Evolve with Catherine Calarco. To reach our show today, please call in to 1-866-613-1612. Again, that's 1-866-613-1612. Or you may send an email to info at ccalarco.com. Now, back to Humanity Evolve. Welcome back. This is Catherine Calarco, and I'm joined today by a very special person, Father Ryan Hulk. And Ryan, you were talking about before the break, you were talking about being in Auschwitz in the story, in the moment of that story that you were talking with uh, regarding uh, Maximilian Kolbe and his life. Tell us a little bit more about what it was like to be there. So I was I was there at the concentration camp, and I I wanted to to kind of enter into his shoes, and you know what. What was that all? He stood at the place where uh, it, there's a little plaque on the wall where he would have yeah. stood. And I retraced his steps. And as I was walking, I thought of, you know, the um, Exodus. In the, for the Jewish and the Christians, there's a story of Moses where he takes the people out of Egypt. And they're fleeing in the desert and the, the Egyptian army is, is after them. And all of a sudden they come up against this the sea. Right. And there's no way they can get past it. And God tells Moses that he's got to uh, hit the, the sea with his staff and that the waters will divide and he can just walk through. And I feel like for Father Colby, it was kind of like kind of like that exodus. You know, we've come up to moments in our lives where nobody moves. Right. And it seems like there's just nothing that we can do. You know, and and then all of a sudden... This path opens, and the path is love. Mm. And love, a lot of times, is like dying to ourselves. Right. And as we take that first step, you know, as we we come out of that fear and the and and everything that that holds us back, the path just opens up for us. And sometimes it can be painful, but there's there's this peace that comes with it that allows us to do that. Mm. So if I feel like that's um, that's what it's all about is is stepping out and trusting that that path of love that is the path that we need to take and mm. sometimes uh, if we don't take this step everybody will just stand by and watch watch things happen right which is what what happens so often yeah so the courage to is it is it a courage or is it more like a, a knowing truthness what 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 is it to actually when for you or what you saw, you know, with Father Colby, was it more like he, he, he knew this is what he had to do, and he just moved forward and trusted the, or, or you really felt that he felt love, and that's what opened the path for him, and for I, you. I think that um, at that moment he probably just remembered the words that Jesus said. He says, Jesus said in the Last Supper, uh, "Love one another as I have loved you." My, uh, yeah. And Jesus loved us by giving his life. He says, there's no greater love than to give one's life to one's friends. And I think at that moment, that just must have become crystal clear. Uh-huh. There's no greater love than to just give your life. Right. And he, he didn't do a lot of interpretation. He just he just did it. Yeah. And I think that there's, there's this knowledge within us of when we know that something is good and wholesome and that it's from God, uh, we just have to do it. Mm. And, or, and, that, be it. and that like I'll give you an example. Sometimes in my in my ministry, you know, things happen, yeah. you get discouraged, 
And when we, we get all those feelings, I was trying to take a step back and I think of the, the different paths that I could take to respond to that question. Right. So, you know, I could, uh, I could just give up or I could get really angry and say that this person can't help us anymore or, you know, I could just cancel whatever project that is. And then I just keep thinking and thinking and thinking until I find the path that has the most love in it. Mm. And, and that's, that's the right path. Right. <laughs> <laughs> which, which sometimes, you know, you have to let that storm go through you. Right. And then, and then calm down. And, and there is the, the path of most love is always has a little bit of dying to ourselves, mm. Mm. which is, which is hard, but, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's gives us so much peace because, uh, we die to ourselves, not as a, like a, a cancellation, you know, like a, yeah, yeah like an annihilation limit. Right. Yeah. But as a, so that our true self can, can be born. Right. Almost like a, 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 a allowing the, the, the old to flake off, you know, like, okay, that's, that is holding me back from, you know, I'm encasing yourself in a chrysalis and you want to be a butterfly. So you can, you, you have to let go of the outer shell to make that happen. I, I don't know if that's the best analogy, but the idea is that, is that we have this knowingness and as, and I believe that we're all on this journey, personal growth journey. And that journey is part of this to learn how to embody that love and, and, and be able to move forward with that. And, and it is, it is not a, um, you know, it's when you're talking about this, it doesn't, it's not like a, a like a victimness or a, or feeling less than, or a, you know, doormat stage. It's actually strength. It's actually the, the, the defined boundary, the moving into a space that is more powerful than even us individually is. And I think it's connecting to that and, and operating from that, that allows waters to be parted and joy to be shared in the worst situations and, and to overcome uh, the things that are not right, you know, that are not, not in the, uh, that are, over, uh, that are embodied to be able to embody that love, you know, um, is, is a big aspect of what you're talking about. Right. And to think, you know, how, how can I give life? Right. Now? Right. right. And, and just do that all day long, you know, and, in all the situations, what can yeah. I do right now to give life? And, uh, and it's, it's, I would say that the perspective that I I found maybe is a little bit different because it's not about accomplishing anything specific, right? but about being faithful to that, uh, to that one call. And the, I had this experience early on in my time here in Brazil where, uh, I, I visited this person and it was in a really, they were living on this little shack yeah. and they were so happy to, to see us. And I remember thinking, if I had left my, my country and left everything just to visit this one person, it would be with, worth it. Mm. And I, I still believe that today, even if, uh, if every act of love that I do, that's, that's worth it. You know, mm. it's, it's worth giving up whatever I need to give up because, uh, because that's that's what gives meaning to life. Yeah, is living that love. So you talked a little bit about um, sort of the fact that you know, yes, technology is a is a, a means to enable us to share or use technology for good, right? And then also about how 
important it is to create human connection, you know, and the and and relationships, and that it's. You, can you talk a little bit about that aspect of this, and in, in terms of the way yeah. beingness? Yeah. So, so uh, I work at a radio station down here in Brazil, and um, I am also the pastor of a of a poor area. You were talking about the um, my my parish area in the beginning yeah. of the program, right. so I'm not going to repeat everything. <laughs> but uh, one of the the coolest things I think about the, this this kind of uh, these two areas that I act is that on one hand through communication you know through the radio or TV or internet you yeah. can reach so many people and on the other hand uh, I just go out and and knock on people's doors and talk to them you know huh. I, I I just kind of show up <laughs> and say hey how's everything going you know what do you, what's your life like. And I listen to their problems, and, and I pray with them, or sometimes I don't. It, de- it depends on whatever they want. But I just make myself close to people. Mm. So, And that's kind of the mission of a priest. You know, we're, we're given this, this geographical area, yeah. and they said, you know, take care of these people here. It's like, yeah. oh, I have to go see what they need. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, just sh- I just show up, and, uh, and I try and go to the poorest uh, the people who I think needed the most. You know, the people are not right. going to make it to to where we are. So yeah. the furthest uh, in distance, the the poorest, the ones who don't have education, the the deaf, the handicapped, uh, they're the ones who who are not going to get to us if we don't choose to go to them. Right. So well, I I kind of do this uh, this double thing. <laughs> on the one hand, I'm on the air, and on the other hand, I'm on the ground. So. <laughs> you're you're face to face and and ear to ear, <laughs> right? Right. Or, or and, that's, voice. and that's where I met, um, you know, talking to people and just meeting them and and noticing the situation and and learning because in the beginning, you know, we make so many mistakes. Yeah. I remember that I showed up to a house that didn't have a bed, and I was like, oh my gosh, how can these people live like this? You know, they don't even have a bed. So yeah. I got everybody together. We got the bed, and then we gave it to the people all happy. Well, a week afterwards, I show up at the house. Where's the bed? They sold it. <laughs> so, uh, sometimes, you know, uh, in our in our effort to love, we yeah. have to learn too. Yeah. Because there's, it's not just love; it's truth. And right. Right. when the two of them walk together, that's that's when we really make a difference. Yeah, it so, is. About, yeah. Yeah, oh, no, I completely agree. It is about being, you know, compassionate doesn't mean, you know, uh, fluffy love. It actually sometimes means uh, to be able to say the truth and, and convey that to people. And, and uh, yeah, and I think that people sometimes need that. But you, if you say it in, a, in, a, in an authentic way and you really want to help that other person, they hear it, right? They, they know it. They can feel that. And I think even though we're all not, um, you know, we're not, choosing the path of a missionary what we are is we are missionaries of love in our own little lives i mean how many times you've been in a in a grocery line and you talk to the people in front of you and back of you and you actually make a difference in their lives or you reach out to someone on the street with a smile you know like i was talking before the first break about you know choose one thing on how you can be that embodiment of it and so we've only got four minutes left to the show, and I really yes. want to leave time for you to to enable us. How can we stay connected to you? And and is there something about? Uh, is there a brief story that you have uh, with regard to the women that you're working with? Uh, um, you know, and and how that's making a difference. And how can we how can we be connected to, to your work and and help out and 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 uh, stay connected to you? Okay, so uh, I'm going to tell the story of a woman named Angelica. 
who uh, I met about a year and a half ago, or maybe two years ago. And she was coming home late at night, and her husband jumped out the door and stabbed her seven times. Mm. And she had wounds all over the place. And when I met her, she wasn't able to walk anymore. Right. Because uh, her wounds were still healing. She had wounds on her leg, on her back. Uh, and what most struck me about her was that she was so, so much at peace. And she would say, you know what? Uh, I just thank God that I'm alive and that I'm here and that I'm able to, to be with my children. And I forgive my husband. I don't know, you know, what happened to him, but, uh, but this is just, you know, this is just one thing that I'm going to have to go through in my life. Mm. So I, we've been visiting her ever since. And she, she just started walking again, which is uh, like a miracle because she had uh, nerve damage and the, the knife had gotten by her spine. Mm. And the thing is, is that Angelica lives in this place. It's like this little, little shack on this little dirt lot. Uh, there's not really, their, their sewer kind of just runs off into this ditch. Mm. And I started thinking, you know, how can we help these people to... To, to have a little bit more quality of life yeah. and to get over s some of the, the difficulties that they go through. And right. Like an, another girl uh, named Marsala, who was also a victim of rape um, by her by somebody that her ex-husband sent to uh, to harm her. Mm -hmm. And when we found her, she was, uh, she was actually physically wounded. And um, over time, you know, meeting with her, and she lives in this little tiny shack, and I started thinking, you know, she can't get a job because she, she has to stay with her kids. Right. Uh, she, there's no daycare where, where we are, you know, for yeah. the kids of her age. So I was like, well, what can we do? So I started, we're in the middle of this beautiful forest. And we only got a minute. Okay. So <laughs> our project is to teach people to, to plant and to live in harmony with the forest. There's a lot of sustainable activities that are possible. Wow. And, uh, through this this knowledge, start to change your lives, you know, not have to travel two and a half, three hours to get to work and then two and a half, three hours to come back and just be zombied out by the end of the day. Right. But to be, uh, to have a different life really in, in harmony with nature. So mm -hmm. that's, that's, we're in the very beginning, we're doing like um, uh, solid, solidarity economy. I'm not sure yeah. how to translate that. <laughs> uh, to sell little, um, seasoning plants so oh seasoning oregano plants. And, yeah 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 oregano thyme rosemary yeah. that yeah. kind of stuff which yeah uh, it's all the rage so this now is it. this is the eco <laughs> this is the eco dan is that the eco dan yeah class? that's eco that's yeah. the eco dan that's helping us out and we visit the people and yeah. they give us the know-how so awesome that's our partnership you know, this has been an amazing show uh, under it, like connecting two two worlds uh, across the globe. And I want you to give everyone Ryan's email address because I want you to stay in touch with him and reach out to him and be little seeds of light and, and little fragrance, positive love fragrances all around the world. His email is Ryan, M-I-P-K, at gmail.com. That's R 
R is in Robert, Y is in yes, A is in apple, N as in neighbor, M is in mother, I as in I, M P as in Peter, K as in K, K as in K, <laughs> um, at gmail.com. So uh, I this is a love to all of you from Catherine Calarco on Humanity Evolve. Sorry for the short cl- click off, but I want you to stay positive and do one thing in love. Be that love. Share the light. We're off. Thank you so much for joining us today. Big hug. Thank you, Ryan. It's been awesome. Thank you for joining Catherine Calarco for this week's edition of Humanity Evolve. Be sure to tune in again next Tuesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. We'll talk again then. 